0: the incomparable number 219 November 2014
1: welcome back everybody to the incomparable podcast I'm your host Jason Snell it's time for us to convene another episode of old movie club uh, where we watch an old movie I love this because I've seen Lord, so few old Lord movies God. and uh, <laughs> I got to see two movies that I've never seen before They're uh, old. they are old <laughs> uh, joining me to discuss old Movies, Steve Lutz. You heard him. Hi, Steve.
2: Va 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 boom, pretty pow, Jason. Va 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 boom, bang pow, zoom zoom <laughs> zoom, mustache vroom,
1: span a couple of pow, <laughs> ah, Jason. Ah. Excellent. That's uh, yep. That's pretty much it. That was uh, that was Steve Mutsakakis there with the uh, <laughs> from me? the from the old garage. Also joining us, David Lore. Happy shocktober. Happy shocktember. <laughs> um Erica Ensigns also out there. Hi.
0: Hello. Yeah, I'm I'm coming along like school was out. That's what I'm
1: doing. All righty, <laughs> and the you you know him, you love him. He is the man behind the old movie club. He makes us watch these movies against our will. It is <sighs> Philip Michaels. Hello, I'm I'm just filling out my bingo
3: card because I
1: literally said when the Nick
3: character appeared and Kiss me deadly. <laughs> Steve's gonna make a comment about Nick.
1: I, I have a whole series of comments that I was going to make about Nick, too. Well, including but the first I... It's <laughs> no. being set in L.A., the first thing I thought is, that's not Spanish. <laughs> what is he saying <laughs> in his totally fake dialogue? There is
2: literally a section of of my notes about 17 lines long that's just va-va-va-voom. va boom, va, 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 pow. boom. <laughs> boom yep. pow Pow. So um, we should say, we
1: watched two movies. They're both film noirs. We watched Kiss Me Deadly and Out of the Past... Yes. Phil, do you want to explain a little bit about why you picked these movies? Why, God, why? Why'd you do it, Phil?
3: (laughs) Well... Um, well, I was gonna say I kind of like these movies, Jason, but now you make me feel guilty. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, the last time we uh, we convened the old movie club, I was forced against my will by the powers of democracy to do a couple of movies that I don't really care for. Yeah. So this time, I um I turned the old movie club into the uh, benevolent uh, uh, dictatorship that it was born to be, yes. and uh, picked stuff that I like. And um, I am I, I love detective movies. I I um I really enjoy movies where um, uh, there's the, the pretense of a mystery, but mostly it's just about the detective going around and s- slapping people around <laughs> yeah, and yep. himself getting slapped that. around in the process. <laughs> I kind of got and, that from, from and, this and um, boy, do these movies offer that in spades? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Plenty of slapping, to be yeah, heard. yeah. I believe that was the original title of uh, "Kiss Me <laughs> Deadly" know, was, yeah, uh, yeah. Mickey, Mickey
1: Spillane's "Plenty of Slapping." Yeah, slap me hardly. So, sh- shall we start?
3: <laughs> shall we start with <laughs> "Kiss Me Deadly"?
1: Let's. Let's. I, yeah, yes. I did watch
3: that one first. Okay. Me I too. just
1: finished watching that the way God intended oh, it to wow. be seen, which is on my phone on YouTube. Well,
2: yeah. <laughs> That's that
1: disgraceful. I watched it on an iPad. Someone needs to slap Jason. <laughs> <laughs> now I switched to a TV about uh, a third of the way through because I thought this is ridiculous, and then I. I also
0: it. watched it on YouTube, but hmm. I did watch it on a TV.
1: Yeah,
4: I watched it on my Apple TV. Wow, well, there you go. Right. I watched on it on
2: no. uh, Netflix DVD, and I'm glad I did because then I could take the DVD out, look at it, and realize I really watched that movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Kiss, Kiss Me Deadly, based on Mickey Spillane's novel Kiss Me, Deadly. Mm-hmm. I missed the comma. They removed the, the comma for when they adapted yeah. the movie. They said, well, that comma's got to go.
3: So, that's what happened to it. It doesn't translate well to film. No. Um, so, uh, a little bit. A background on how I came across this movie. I, I watched it many, many years ago. I was, um, I was home alone at night. I, I said, "Hey, it's a detective movie. It's a film noir. I like those." And uh, 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 watched it. And um, dear God, the ending. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but. Um, the, the ending is a little bit uh, disturbing when you're home alone, a at night bit? on a, 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 a Friday night at um, <laughs> after midnight, and that's the last image you oh. see before bedtime. Mm. And um, as it turns out, I had actually seen, I, I there's an edited version of the movie shortly oh, yeah. after oh, yeah. it, it came out. Cut. They they crop the ending so that uh, significant chunks are missing that make you think, "Oh my God, what what is happening at the end of this movie?" But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So why don't we why don't we begin at the beginning? The movie opens with a naked woman running down a deserted country road, yes. which is
0: and some how, really really bad ADR.
3: Yes, which is how I um, the whole movie has that. The whole movie Eric has yes, that. Yes. It does. <laughs> I like most of my movies to to start that way.
0: Yeah, but the, the ADR there, like that first scene, all she's doing is like heavy breathing and panting. It was like a bad 70s porn where they were too cheap to rent sound Equipment yeah. on location. She
1: ran really far and was very much out of breath, which is why yep. she's panting heavily through the first three minutes of the credits.
3: The whole credits
2: again, Erica.
3: You you like movies that you like, and I like movies
2: that I like. So <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. I actually really dug that, though. I thought this is yeah. the weirdest thing I've no, ever man. seen over the credits, or heard I think, over the yeah, I think it sets it. It sets
3: a tone that, and it's um, not just
2: it's Nat King Cole with like the breathless sob accompaniment.
3: And well, uh, uh, we we should point out that um, the. This naked lady, a very young Chloris Leachman. Leachman. Although, yeah, weirdly, right. she still sort of looks 80 years old. She, yeah, she...
1: she <laughs> from she certain is, angles. From certain angles, but it's, it's young, naked Chloris Leachman. Yeah. Also, um, a- after she's picked up in the credits roll, the credits roll from the bottom to the top. So everything's like reading, uh, reading uh, highway uh, markings on the you know street markings where it's all upside mm-hmm. down. Which yes. I think is
3: intentional. Yeah. Well, I know it's intentional, yeah. but because it's it's as
2: the car is driving, yeah. so it's it's De- done that way. Deadly kiss me, Mickey Spillane's. Okay, mm-hmm. Duvall Frank by music. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I need to point out: music by Frank Duvall of Brady Bunch fame, Family Affair, or her, uh, the
3: the or yeah, yeah, Family Affair as well. Oh. I th- but uh, here he's talent. doing music for for Mickey Spillane. And movies. it
1: turns out that the first person she finds on the well, she could have other people could have driven past her and she could have dodged them. But the first person who stops and and gets a stick stuck in his wheel, it just happens to be tough L.A. private dick Mike Hammer.
3: Sure does, amazing. <laughs> And he gets in, he and, and 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 early on, he he is just uh, there's there's no way of saying this. He is just the world's biggest dick. Yep. And <laughs> really it, is. Because it, it's just let, yeah. mm-hmm. let me guess, you went out with a guy who thought uh, you no know, was a three letter word? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He
2: he is just unsympathetic to this naked, panting, terrified for her life woman. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And then says, "I should just kick you out of the car." Yeah.
2: <laughs> what? Well, admittedly, after three minutes of the panting, I want her to leave the car. And the movie. <laughs> Although she did get <laughs> she did get him right. She's like, You're the
1: kind of guy where appearance matters and nothing else and it's just your car and your muscles and all of that. Oh yeah, she had him pegged. Yep. Mm hmm.
3: But um so they drive for a bit and uh it turns out that she's she's running from the loony bin. Mm-hmm. Uh for reasons that we can't determine. She's being pursued and uh uh all of a sudden the dudes who were pursuing the, her catch up and uh uh torture her and beat up Mike Hammer and uh dump the bodies in the car and push it off the side of the road to, to make it look like a, a horrific accident that will that will kill them both, but but Mike Hammer lives, darn it. Mm. <laughs> Darn it! Probably Darn it indeed. And this is when we find out, as he's being debriefed by his his pal, the uh, L.A. police lieutenant, who looks a lot like former California Governor Gray Davis. Davis. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what is Gray Davis doing in this movie? Smoking a
4: lot. Oh, yeah.
2: mm-hmm. Also, a quick question: How do you get a tree branch the size of a shop broom wrapped around your axle? <laughs> It's complicated, Steve. The cars it's, in the fifties were very different. Be, yeah. than, the uh, car was
3: moving very fast, yeah. and there was well, a tree. And... He
2: has the guy check it out because it's pulling to the right. So the guy at the at the filling station like leans forward, and he pulls out like a, a mature poplar from like, <laughs> his car. <laughs> this was caught and in the, the spokes. yet the car
0: still makes it all the way back to LA. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he just pulled out that tree, and then it was fine.
2: Yeah, this was, you know, this was wrapped around your wheel.
3: And then one of my favorite early scenes of the movie is the 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 interview with all the um, uh, uh, federal investigators where basically Mike Hammer doesn't say a word and, and there's just one guy answering all the questions about yeah. who Mike Hammer is and it turns out he's a very terrible person he's, uh, he, he's, he does penny any divorce cases mostly and it involves basically him or his female assistant going and, and setting up either the man or the woman or both and then uh, uh, d- getting bribe money from them. He uh, is it-
2: in short a bedroom dick. Yep. Yes.
3: In every every sense of the word.
2: But uh, as it turns out... And it uh, ends with, uh, with somebody demanding that someone ought to open up a window, as I recall, which I thought was yep. a nice bit of segue.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm sure you planned that. Absolutely. As you know, I'm quite the fan of 1776. <laughs> um, so... Uh, e- 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 Mike Hammer decides either out of a sense of I'm going to avenge the death of of poor naked Cloris Leechman, but more <laughs> likely out of the sense that hmm, this seems like a case that could lead to some some, some a little piece of uh, little piece of money for Mike Hammer.
1: Also, he, he's uh, mad because you know they wrecked his car, and they also wrecked his car. Yeah. So,
3: yeah, so he's he's out to find out who exactly was pursuing her and what for, and that leads us on a twisted tale that would take me. Hours to to unravel here on the podcast. <laughs> Suffice it to say, we skip ahead a bit, and there's lots of confrontations with a lot of thugs and a lot of colorful characters. But it turns out that the thing everyone's after is what my camera's uh, lady friend uh, so eloquently calls the 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 who's it, I believe, or the what's it, the, the great what's it, the great what's it. It's a it's a case. And uh, when you open it, it's very hot to the touch, and it's glowing, and oh, it burns Mike
1: Hammer's hand the first time he tries to open it. Yeah, I have a note that is, my cam- Mike camera's going to get arm cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I have the same thing. <laughs> probably deserves it. Yeah, probably. It's the worst so time.
3: one of the people that's been helping my camera all along is the uh roommate of of the deceased Claris Leachman. She's a she's a, a a a mousy-haired waif herself and and uh she smooches my camera whenever she— everyone is smooching my camera or getting slapped <laughs> by him in this movie. Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't matter how long they've known him. If a woman sees him, she basically walks up to him and plants one run in the kisser.
3: Yeah. Again, as so uh, often you, happens, you like the movies you <laughs> like, and I like the Jason. movies I like. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, long story short, uh, they grab Mike Hammer's girl, the, the the baddies, and say, "Hey, you better give us that 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 case." And uh, uh, Mike Hammer uh, contrives a way to uh, uh, confront the uh, confront the bad guys, and it turns out that the the roommate of Chloris Leachman is in fact, and I, I uh, spoiler alert, it turns out that she's working with the baddies, mm. and she double crosses the baddies, shoots the uh, the insane doctor who quotes lots of mythology. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> And uh, we'll 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 get to that in a moment. And uh, she opens the box, and unlike Mike Hammer, who like opens it, gets burned, and says, "I ain't opening this any further." Uh, she opens it all the way and bursts into flames. Not she unlike the full not unlike yes. the Nazis in Raiders of the Lost <laughs> Ark, as um, as Mike Hammer and his girlfriend flee flee the premises. Now, in the ending that I saw originally. The part where them, they escape to the, uh, to the beach out, outside of the beach house as it is engulfed in flames was cut, and it just ends with the house bursting into flames and into a nuclear cloud as if the entire world has been destroyed by this, uh, <laughs> oh by this, by this film fox. noir, and that's what made me originally see this movie and go, oh my
2: god, what, <laughs> what is happening <laughs> what a- here? What have I seen? I actually like that ending better
3: because yeah, uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a more chilling ending. But in in the in the original, what turns out to be the original ending, and then the restored ending, which was I think resurfaced about 1997. It has the the footage of them escaping into the sea, and then looking back on the house as it is enveloped in a in a nuclear implosion. And of course, because this movie was made in 1955, 55, it is obviously a uh, a panic movie about the atomic age mm. and, um, how, um, and it presupposes that we're all going to be destroyed by the, uh, <laughs> by the big bomb. So, uh, so there you go. That, that's the, that's the most comprehensive and cohesive, uh, summary <laughs> of kiss me deadly yeah. you'll ever get. I throw it to the floor for discussion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that that ending that they, uh, that they added back in with them escaping to the beach and, and looking back, uh, on the surface, it might seem like it's a happier ending, but really, they're just going to die very slowly and horribly from radiation <laughs> <Yeah>. poisoning, <laughs> just like anybody who's used the locker room where that thing was stored for the past oh, however yeah. many weeks. Yeah. Like all of those guys at that poor club. They, ooh, not pretty.
2: Well, this this particular bit of nuclear fuel apparently only works when it's aimed at you. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, that's quite mm-hmm. sure, right. possible. It's, it's, a, lead box, it's it, a lead box, Steve. It's a lead box, and it's clearly. covered in leather for most of the time.
3: So <laughs> that's true. So everybody's safe. It's an important insulation. When you go to the dentist, that vest they put on you when they when they mm-hmm. take your X-rays—that's what it's oh, wrapped in. There you go. I
0: love that vest. It's so heavy and comfy.
4: Yeah, supposedly that that ending, uh, the the just you know see everybody die in the house, that was only the U.S. version everywhere else around the country had the extra two minutes where, or everyone else around the world had the extra two minutes where they're on the beach looking at the house and, and say, so, yeah, apparently it was restored from, you know, that's how they knew that was the ending.
1: Yeah. You know, Phil, I, 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 your, your synopsis is fascinating to me because you did, you did a uh, very much what I would do if I were to synopsize this movie, which is there's a lot of detail at the beginning, there's the end. And then in the middle, um, Lots of stuff happens. My camera talks to some people and goes to some places, and I didn't really follow that. And then they end up with a box and things explode. And I looked on the Wikipedia summary to try and get a better sense of the plot and <laughs> realized that the author of the Wikipedia sum- summary similarly threw up their hands and said, oh, yeah. well, suffice to say that uh, at the end there's a box and it blows up and that's the
3: So end. here's the thing about film noir that I found, or at least the, the, the film noir um, uh, examples that I like. It's not so much about the plot as it is about the, uh, the 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 characters that you meet along the way. And two of my favorites in this movie are the two heavy sugar and um oh who is Jack what what is the Ch- name of Charlie. the Charlie? Jackie- yeah. Charlie Who's Max it? and Charlie Sugar Smallhouse. Charlie Max, I was going to say Max. Sugar, Sugar and Charlie Max, um, who are these? The, the, if you, I don't know if listeners know who Jackie Lim is. He is the character actor mm-hmm. from the 1950s and 60s and early 70s with with the eyes that went in five thousand directions <laughs> as he was talking. And he just in movies, he just played a series of um, uh, heavies, but mostly it, 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 never fearsome heavies. Just sort of heavies who were out of their depth. And <laughs> he was in a lot of
0: westerns yes. and Sergio Leone's spaghetti westerns. Right.
3: Yes, exactly. He, he he cut most of his teeth in westerns, but early on in his career, he he played the goon in a lot of movies, and usually the goon that gets smacked around.
1: Is, is he the guy who Mike Hammer beats up in the alleyway? Uh, n- and throws down the no, stairs. He's, he's, the, one no. no. right. he's the one who backs up slowly after sugar. He's the one who backs up slowly in, in the pool. The plot pool house. Oh, in the, the pool house. That says, yes. Boys. yes. Yep. That's a yes. beautiful scene where you don't even see the guy get punched. You just see his body drop. Yes. <laughs>
0: that was my favorite action sequence of
4: the whole thing.
1: And he's so
2: scared that one of his eyes decides
1: to point in the other <laughs> direction. <It's- laughs> I,
2: I just love how, like, you know, the the one guy approaches
4: hammer. And you don't see anything. You don't even see a motion no. from Hammer. And just all of a sudden, Jackie just starts backing up yep. and backing up. Like, <laughs> Yep. what the hell was that? The two, <laughs> was like, the, two, the
3: two great scenes where Sugar gets the just first gets the crap beaten out of him and then gets murdered by Mike Hammer they are never shown on camera. It's just Jack Elam's reaction yep. to it. Yep.
0: And, you know, for all that this is probably not my favorite film noir movie ever, there were some, <laughs> some decent di- directorial touches like that. Oh, I, yeah. I appreciated
1: that for sure time for a brief break to tell you about Squarespace. Now, you've heard everybody in podcasting talk about Squarespace before, but Squarespace has big news. They just came out with a brand new version. It's Squarespace Lucky Number 7, and they made everything simpler and easier to use while retaining all the power and complexity of the Squarespace platform you already know. Squarespace 7 refines all the powerful features from Squarespace 6 into one seamless, unified experience. Now, what does that mean? It means they've uncluttered your workspace. They've simplified the whole website making process thing by letting you add content and customize your design all in one window. That's right. You stay in the window and see the changes that you're making. You're going to spend less time building sites and more time doing what you love. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code SnellSentMe. There are some great new features with Squarespace 7, like cover pages. Sometimes you just need a simple page to communicate. Maybe it's a new product, communicate your personal brand, or announce your latest album if you are a rock star, and you may be. Uh, With cover pages, you get all the power of Squarespace on a single page, a really great single-serving site, beautiful all via Squarespace. Squarespace also made a deal with Getty Images to bring you Getty Images integration. You know, uh, you should be paying for images. Don't rip off other people's images and put them on your website. You can go to Flickr and try to find something that's creative, commons, non-commercial, or commercial use okay, and it, it can be tricky. Or you can work with Getty Images, which is a library of images. You have access to more than 40 million professional stock photographs, and they would normally cost you hundreds or thousands of dollars per image, but they're $10 per image to Squarespace customers. So huge way to make your website look better through beautiful professional photography. There are also new tastemaker templates. These are uh, pages that Squarespace is working with cool people, musicians, artists, architects, and chefs to de- develop new templates that cater to each of those professions, and then you get to use them too. That's pretty awesome. So here's what you do. Get started at Squarespace with a free trial. You don't have to give them your credit card. You can just try it out, and you can start building that website right now. When you sign up for Squarespace after the trial, make sure to use the offer code SnellSentMe to get 10% off and show your support for The Incomparable. So thank you very much to Squarespace for your continued support of The Incomparable. Squarespace, a better web, starts with your website.
2: Now, I'm not really a noir aficionado, so... I'm asking this in all honesty. Are the lead characters usually so awful? I mean, Hammer is a, oh. a terrible, terrible man. He's, he's kind of yes. extreme.
3: I, I would say not as awful, but right. yeah. generally
2: not morally. Uh, let, let's say at best they're, they're chaotic good. I mean, this is a guy who's being walked out of the hospital by his girlfriend, sees two other girls pass by and says, ooh, look at all the goodies. <laughs> yeah. no. And that's kind of our introduction.
4: The first words out of his mouth is on the, on the scene on the steps as he's walking out of the hospital is like, I never thought I'd smell that again.
3: <laughs> smell what? <laughs> what? Yeah. What are you talking the about? The sidewalk. Be... Yeah. I, I, I do want to say a few kind words about Ralph Meeker, who um, um, oh, yes. plays, plays uh, my camera. I think that th- this, is, this is the best thing he's ever done. He, he just throws himself into that role with, with relish. He is great. In that part, because he—he's not trying to be no nice guy. He is—he is—he is a jerk, and he embraces it. There, there's a scene um, where he uh, basically hides from a guy that he's trying to uh, outwit, and he outwits him quite easily. And the guy discovers him, and 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 Ralph Meeker just smiles because he knows it's beaten time. It's time to slap you. He slaps around an old man at that
2: athletic club. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sure. And then he takes back the money he was going to bribe him with. That's that's the best part there. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's either you get bribed or you get slapped,
1: and that guy chose slap. I have a note that's, don't ask my camera for more money. Just at no point, <laughs> ask him for more money. And, and never and, put your hands near a drawer. He made you an offer.
0: He does look like he's having fun. I will, I will give you that. It looks like he is enjoying the role, but I can't say that I particularly enjoyed the
2: performance. Although I've never yeah. seen Ralph Meeker in anything else that I
0: can call to mind. So maybe I will agree
2: that this is his best role. I think he takes this really awful character and somehow makes him less awful. I, mean, it, <laughs> you, I really can't condone that Mike Hammer character in this, but it, you don't completely hate him. By the end, or at least I don't, just simply because he does appear to be enjoying himself. Although I get a real, a real um, Nicholson vibe from him in a lot of places. Maybe it's oh, just yeah. the yeah, un- okay. unnerving grin that he has. But
3: I think that's true. This, this is very much. I, uh, I, I, I think
1: you can draw a little uh, dotted line between this and Chinatown. He, he, yeah. he gave me a kind of like a Christopher McDonald kind of vibe. Actually, I thought, <laughs> you know, his voice is a is a dead ringer actually for Kent Mansley in the Iron yeah. Giant. Yeah. <laughs> One,
4: it's, it's interesting because he was – the other thing he's probably most famous for is doing uh, the play Picnic on stage. And he – I mean, he won awards for that. And and then he got Mike Hammer and then that was kind of it. <laughs> Your career like, killer. Huh. But, but yeah, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know about his – you know, how he saw the character, but I know how the screenwriters saw this. Um, he did not care for Spillane – for the book, and he just he just had fun. And and his contempt shows. It's wonderful. And Spillane clearly and, did uh, not
2: care much for him. Spillane after this movie was not out. happy, oh. no. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this, this movie, what was weird to me, I was expecting a fairly straightforward noir, and at the end the last note I had was, okay, that was a trip. And it wasn't just... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just the nuclear waste thing, although that was incredibly insane. There were all sorts of bits in there that just... They were almost hallucinatory.
0: I think that's because we're in the 50s here, and we're getting towards the end of of sort of the the noir period. So I think
2: maybe they were trying to just one-up themselves at this point. But, I mean, even as as a movie other than a noir, there were so many just weird things, like starting with the sobs over the credits and, and... I mean, the, the office has a ballet bar and a stripper pole in it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's all these things that are sort of—they feel like they shouldn't be in 1955, but apparently they were, like the, the in-wall answering machine it's surreal to real. Oh, the answering
1: machine was amazing! <laughs> That's the, apparently that. the
4: first PI to have an answering machine in film and TV.
2: And it's amazing. Even the uh, leave your message at the sound of the tone um, outgoing message is intact in 1955. Yeah. Which, yeah. And I that was, was just, a nice
1: yeah. tone. A really great tone.
2: Yeah. I, I was that. impressed
1: That's with the tone.
4: tone. I loved how there's there's all this kind of a, a presumably unintentional product placement. I mean, there's there's 7 Up, there's Pabst Blue Ribbon, there's Standard Oil, there's Chevron, there's
2: uh, oh, there was something else uh, near the garage. Carl, the one of the main bad guys, is oh, wearing I love an Carl. iZod shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. in 1955 which is how you know he's evil of course
0: <laughs> the only product placement i noticed was totally not actual product placement but one of the guys was named trivago the italian opera singer <laughs> fellow and all i could think of was that disheveled guy from those hotel commercials
3: and that that i think is my favorite <laughs> ralph meeker moment when he goes to uh uh confront the the opera singer and and, and <laughs> stumbles upon his record collection and goes hey this is a nice record and smashes Sad. it be a shame <laughs> if
2: something happened to it <laughs> My God, totally doesn't camera. need to do that either. No. There's absolutely no He's reason he needs to
1: push that guy around. My hammer. I had that that moment where the um where he goes to the house and the and the pretty blonde Marilyn Monroe type is like <laughs> it, she's like very interested in him and then like, "Oh, come on inside and we'll go, let's go to the pool and all that." And and it's like this is so bizarre. Like this would not. Wh- what is happening? What am I seeing? Why would she behave this way? And the the, the thing that really killed me is when he goes into the uh, the little uh, the little house where he drops the guy off camera. She looks at the at the guys around the pool and she's like, eh, I figured. Why not?
2: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> and she is the one that she's the one who's never seen him before. He drives no? up, gets out of the car. She immediately kisses him. Immediately, well, she's
2: seen his car. So she. You don't taste like him. anyone I know. Oh, oh. my god. <laughs> I know. Oh dear you know. bizarre. Then, i mean on top of that you've got the performance of the girl who plays lily carver who is either a wonderful or a terrible actor i really can't tell <laughs> <laughs> but her performance is so insane i mean she's completely yes. unhinged mm-hmm.
3: lily carver we should mention is the um is the uh, lady who's secretly working with the bass. yes she's right. not
2: really the roommate who was actually fished out of the the bay Several weeks previous, right. we find out later yeah that, That's actually a
1: nice comeuppance for, for uh, Hammer in a way where he, his uh, detective friend, Governor Gray Davis, is yes. like, oh, yeah, Mr. Private Dick, if you'd talk to the police, you'd know she was dead weeks ago. And I, I thought that was a really nice moment. <laughs> Let him moment. sit
3: there and think about his
1: girl. <laughs> 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 That was, that yeah, because
0: that's a healthy relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah, Velda, Miss, Miss, I'm always glad when you're in trouble because you always come to me. That's
3: healthy. Yeah, well, that's, uh-huh. the less said about that, the better. Mm. No, I, I, the scene where where the the, the police detective uh, really. Puts puts my camera in the street, I think, is, <laughs> it, it is how we're to know that he's this is not no nice guy. If you thought we were yeah. being ambivalent about how we felt about my camera, no, he's terrible. He yeah. deserves everything that happened
1: to him. Yeah.
0: I'm pretty sure he's a sociopath.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, I think maybe so. But
3: so are uh, are we are we just going to not talk about Nick?
1: Have we? Have no, we, no, uh, I, I, I'm 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 waiting for there. it. I'm waiting, for working up to it.
0: I have in my notes that just like you, you know how you make a walk-on character more interesting, you just make him ethnic, give him <laughs> yeah. a cute little accent, and voila, instant character. Yeah. You know, we've got the Greek, we got and, the. And if
2: you really want to make him merry, memorable, make him the most ethnic person of all time. <laughs> He, he is literally listed in the IMD credits as Nick, uh, IMDb as Nick
3: <laughs> yeah. well,
1: well his, his actual last name was Papa Dopa because yeah. if Greek you watch this movie, screen. if
3: you've watched this movie, you know what we're talking about.
1: If you haven't,
3: <laughs> let us warn you about this. Yes. Nick. Nick is Nick is my camera's only friend. Hey, my camera! <laughs> I fix your car. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. the guy
1: from Star Wars Episode One now, but it's basically yeah. the same guy.
3: He is basically He he's Greek. He yeah, is apparently. It took me a while Italian, to figure that. But yes, yes. I,
1: can, sure I Greek guess Greek that he's Greek. No, he's I think a mechanic. he's Greek.
3: He fixes my camera's car uh, when the bad guys like. Give Mike Hammer a car that's wired with explosive. He
2: he gets in the car like a child
3: and, and goes, I'm gonna
2: drive <laughs> the, I'm gonna start the car, Mr. Mr. Hammer. First he just blithely yanks out the couple of sticks of dynamite that yeah. apparently constitute a sophisticated <laughs> car bomb in nineteen and tucks it into his breast pocket.
1: <laughs> and
0: do you notice though do you notice how Mike Hammer is like standing slightly away from the car and says, Go ahead, Nick, open the hood, look underneath it. No, on the other side. <laughs> like he's he's not getting anywhere no. near. He's letting yeah. his quote unquote quote friend take that for him yep every, wow. every time
4: he came on screen i flashed back to pixar's cars and just went pit stop yep
3: yep <laughs> that's about right
1: in in fairness to
3: my camera he gets very sad when when nick dies okay
1: so this is the thing that made me laugh the most in the entire movie (laughs) is he my camera and nick have a conversation late in the movie and then he says nick look i can't i can't finish talking to you now but i'll be back i'll see you later and i thought oh my god nick is gonna die and the next shot is the guy turning the jack off on the car crushing nick to death i'm like yeah see you never promise a future conversation with a character because that means they're (laughs) about to die
2: Oh no, my mustache. Oh yeah. Mr. <laughs> <this laughs> they killed a nick.
1: Hey, <laughs> they killed you a nick. <laughs> That's a spicy (laughs) (laughs) meatball.
0: Greek meatball. Oh my god! And it's not like he's the only one because you've got the Italian moving man and the Irish landlord. (laughs)
2: Like it just goes on. Well, it's it's funny that the Nick performance is so over the top that the bartender, when he's describing Nick later, says "va va voom, pretty (laughs) (laughs) as he's as he's yeah. Uh, Anyway, they're even making fun of it in film. The other so the other character I
3: think that deserves a, a special call out is um, is Doc Kennedy, who's the the oh. corner that my camera beats the crap oh, out yeah. of yeah. <laughs> I, I, I realize I need to specify when I say my camera beats the crap out of someone, that could be any one of a <laughs> dozen cap. characters. Mm-hmm. But um he, he um, He finds some evidence on the body of Cloris Leachman, and Mike Hammer wants it, and Mike Hammer pays him for it, and uh, the doctor's all, oh, I'm not—he's this mousy little fellow, oh, I'm not going to give it to you, and then Mike Hammer slams his hand into a drawer a couple of times, Mm -hmm. and— and I, I that that scene may makes me giggle. I don't know why.
2: <laughs> First of all, it's funny that he just kind of lets any any random guy off the street wander in and check out the steps. Mm-hmm. Well, one one Apparently. presumes
3: that as a private detective, Mike Hammer knows his way around the the uh, coroner's office of of Los Angeles. Well,
2: surely this fellow has run across Mike Hammer then and should know better. Mm, mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> But yeah, I love the bit where he's uh, Mike is sort of working out the whole "Remember Me" sonnet thing, which basically everybody saw coming miles and miles away. Mm -hmm. And uh, and as he's describing, as he's kind of working it out, the coroner is just smiling and nodding, like, "Yeah, I already know this." (laughs) Yes, cut to the chase. (laughs) If if you had just, you'll get there eventually, Mike.
3: Get to the part where you offer me money. (laughs) Skip the part where you slam my hand into the drawer a couple of dozen times, (laughs) and I scream in agony well somebody's screaming it's not him
4: it's it's all the bad adr again mike
0: hammer's face when he does that though he smiles with this
4: most disturbing glee mm -hmm. he's he's sadistic in this yeah i mean of all of all the mike hammer things i've seen over the years this might be my favorite adaptation because it's the only one that really captures how just kind of stupid and brutish and sociopathic he is
3: oh yeah it's
4: it's quite something
3: i am not a mickey Spillane fan Uh, um Uh, I don't really care for for the Mike Hammer character, or and I don't care for for his books, but I really enjoy this adaptation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Because it gets to the heart of this. Is, this is this is a terrible man.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he does terrible things, and he's a terrible man.
3: He does. Ter- he doesn't even do right things for terrible reasons. No. He does terrible things for awful reasons. Yep.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I will say this though: he doesn't open up the. Uh, he doesn't open the up the box in the locker room and kill everybody. In yeah, the good on whole good place. on you,
3: Mike Hammer. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> well, oh, I don't
4: understand this weird science thing. I'm closing it up. Again. I just closed that. I if I were you. Don't we'll just leave that, that here in the locker. In the locker. That's, I'm sure it'll be safe there. I yeah. won't get no money or fame for this if I die. Yeah. So Oh I'm hey, the creepy it.
3: chick took off.
2: Wonder where she went. Well, driving on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that fascinates me about this movie is the director Robert Aldrich. And if you look at his mm-hmm. filmography, it is it is like the hometown buffet of movies. <laughs> he is just he does every every dang thing one can do he did the dirty dozen uh he did uh hush hush sweet charlotte and whatever happened to baby jane and the longest yard and the frisco kid and what do these movies have in common well they were all shot on film (laughs) (laughs) they used actors (sighs) yes he did four for texas which it is a terrible terrible Mm. frank sinatra dean martin movie Oh, mm-hmm. Anyhow, have to
2: narrow it down a little more. Well, <laughs> no!
3: Oh, how dare you! <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what this movie did have, though? This movie did have a lot of shots of uh, pets on pillows. I don't know if you guys noticed that.
1: Yes. A cat on a pillow, a
0: dog in a pillow, some other no. shots of a cat on the
1: pillow. The, the cat the cat was like in the answering service, which I really I love that that was a really absurd moment where he calls the doctor and the doctor's not available. And the lady at the answering service is like, Well, I don't know what to tell you. Uh he's he's not available. I'm like, this is the most why do you even have an answering service if they don't do anything but say, Nope, sorry, he's not here. He might, <laughs> he be, might at be, be at beach his beach house. house. <laughs> but so that's all like, well, that thank you for that interesting piece of information, answering service lady. But the best part is that then, then she's got that cat
2: perched above her <laughs> like the cat is also answering calls or something it's <laughs> bizarre well that was the previous model answering machine yeah. before the real to reel in wall model yeah it was mm-hmm. a cat based approach
0: yeah <laughs> instead of a lovely tone like his it was
1: just <laughs> a meow.
2: yeah this is a weird movie yeah mm-hmm. a couple more bits of insanity in the movie uh I like the, the, uh, the sleeping pills that immediately knock the guy out. <laughs> That's totally how that works. That's, That's science. So that he can avoid getting worked over.
0: Best defense ever. I'm going to keep sleeping pills in my house in case I'm going to get hassled.
2: That's great. He just he chugs his, his sleeping potion and he starts snoring just before my camera can work him over so mm-hmm. he's not awake for the beatings,
4: which is a good call, really. Wow. It's good defense yeah, that, is,
2: that is smart, yeah.
3: No, he, he read up on my camera, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my camera can't hit you if you're asleep.
1: Nope. <laughs> That's his Part weakness. of the detective's code. That's his code. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was
2: expecting. Oh, he's committing suicide. You know, this is this is like the. Yeah, that's what I thought a whole too. Bunch of sleeping pills. No, nope. he's just taking a nap. Yep. <laughs> I thought he was going to start
3: foaming at the mouth. Instead, he starts snoring.
1: You
2: he's know. fairly certain Mike Hammer's got a short attention span, and he'll be gone when
1: he wakes up. <laughs> and he's right. Well, I have to say this is the best movie I've ever watched on YouTube. It's also the only <laughs> movie I've ever watched on YouTube. So, fe- feature film, th-
3: There's so. a line in in here, and I'm I'm going to read it. Uh, it. It's by one of the villains, Carl, mm-hmm. who he calls up to threaten my camera. And uh, and I think it basically sums up the the film noir experience in a way. And it's what well, what does it matter that your work has been interrupted, your car wrecked, your life has been ruffled, to to put it mildly. If you had not stopped to pick up Christina, not any of these things would have happened. <laughs> and and I think that's a uh, that's a that's a beautiful little uh, summation of the, the the Mike Hammer experience and Kiss Me Deadly. So his suggestion
2: then is that he run over her in the middle of the street. Well, the, the, why Frankly, did it would you not be out of character? Why did you stop, <laughs> idiot? You shouldn't have stopped. <laughs> well, I had a mature poplar in my car. Well, there <laughs> <Yeah>. is that. I <laughs> wedged wedged the against tree. the wheel. I had a tree Smashed that I in whittled there. into a kayak <laughs> into my into <laughs> <under> my car.
3: <laughs> Uh I you know, I enjoy this movie very much. Uh disturbing any notwithstanding that freaked the hell out of me many, many years ago. Um I think it's it's an unusual movie. I think it uh it holds up well over time. I enjoy Ralph Meeker's performance as unhinged as it is. I um I think it's beautifully shot uh and yes. um and i i get the sense that i'm gonna be voted down here but damn it i'm right you know in fact no i, I, I <laughs> like you i like are. this
1: movie too although it's got the same problem that i have with a lot of the film noirs and including out of the past which we're going to talk about which is it is atmospheric and interesting and i like the setup and then the plot kicks in and there's like a half an hour where i could swear that i may have had some sort of um event where I've completely yeah. lost what has <laughs> no. happened and, ha- and that I've- is and co- that is a fair observation. <laughs> no idea, and then the end comes. And I'm like, oh well, cool things are happening. I don't really
2: know why, but it seems cool. Okay, the end. And, and well, there's a portion where they just throw all these names at you randomly, yeah. some of which you never mm-hmm. find out anything about. Like the guy. Yeah. In both these movies, my wife
1: turned to me and she's like, "So was this a double cross?" I'm like, "I
2: guess. I I <laughs> don't know. I no
1: idea."
0: At this point in the history of film noir, that's kind of not surprising because you had like the Big Sleep is one of the sort of bigger film noir, and in that film, it was it was running long, so. You you had Howard Hawks actually taking scenes out of the film. And they were a lot of the scenes that actually made the plot make sense. Sure. Just to see yeah. just to see if they could actually still have a hit because of the main characters and, and and whether or not people would like it. And that is apparently a classic, although I'm not sure I understand why. Um, so, yeah, they were able to do that. You can carve out
4: huge parts of the
0: plot. Plot doesn't matter so much when you've got enough atmosphere and a I
4: main guess. character who's fun to watch. And, and even in the book of The Big Sleep... You know, it, people kept asking Chandler, well, ha- what about this guy who died? Who killed him? It's like, I don't, I know. don't know. Yeah, yeah no,
3: I, re- I, I seem to recall Howard Hawks called up Raymond Chandler to ask him yeah, about a scene. Yes. And, hey, mm-hmm. what happens here? You got me, pal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I left that as an exercise for the reader. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. No, I, I have to say, I mean, I this is this is one of my favorite film noirs. So you are by no means alone. You and me, Lore.
1: Yeah I just I I I don't know I I I actually can laugh at all that I mean I like Nick, even Nick the Greek mechanic I, mm. I, I it just it made me laugh right Mr. it's, Bob, Bob, like, it's Please show so some respect it's so far over the top <laughs> yeah. and the, and the same with the with the woman at the at the pool party where she's like ki- kissing him and, and all that right like when she sees him it's like Okay, but, you know, I I found that amusing on on a level. So yeah, I I actually in, enjoyed it quite a bit, except for the part where I was scratching my head, going, okay, I don't know what <laughs> is happening now, but let's just assume that my camera is up to no good and these thugs are gonna beat them up, and I just shrugged and like I don't. And seriously, the, read the Wikipedia summary. It's like literally the first ten minutes of the movie and then the end, and in between they're like I don't know, and then eventually this happens. It's just like turns out, turns out
2: this, there's a a box. Okay. I, I didn't think this was too bad to follow. I, the first time I didn't, obviously, but uh, after some pausing and, and some diagrams and charts and whatnot, <laughs> so, uh, I was able to work <laughs> out what happened. I didn't have enough time on my YouTube <laughs> arrows but, and boxes yeah. and so forth. Subscription yeah, to do that.
0: I, I didn't have a huge problem following it. I just, I think for all of the things you mentioned, Jason, that are over the top, I that made me not so much like it. I think once you get past about 1952, my interest in film sort of starts to fall off pretty drastically and this fits right into that. It's just, it, they're trying different things and sometimes it works and most of the time it doesn't and it just gets weirder and this this falls into that weird it category weird. that doesn't do it for me.
1: I, I, we should mention that it's, its influence because this is obviously the influence on Repo Man and uh, Pulp Fiction, right? The right. Uh, yeah. MacGuffin with the the glowing
2: on the inside
1: mm-hmm. yeah
2: although in this they actually explain what it is yeah I,
1: yeah i know it's much better yeah, in that sort way of. <laughs> yeah it's an <laughs>
2: isotope uh it it don't,
1: they don't work this way but I've, sure whatever. nuclear
2: pl- nuclear fuel totally. does not work like that No more <laughs> sleeping pills but it's marcellus wallace's soul uh-huh. come on sure i liked it i will say this for it it was not boring yep and uh, almost every other noir I've ever seen, there's at least a 30-minute period where I'm ready to drift off, and this did not happen here. Yeah. So
4: that's exactly what the screenwriter said too. When when they said, you know, what does this mean? What did do you? Do? Why did you do this? And he said, yeah, I didn't care. I just wanted to have fun. Every scene has to have something funny going on and something that you're interested in. Like that cat. And
2: yeah. <laughs> Although you're Ba-ba-boom. right, David, I feel a little filthy having seen this film, especially mm-hmm. you know, the, the bits where he's pimping out Velda. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, more or less. We all just have to be happy in the knowledge
1: that two years later, Mike Hammer died of arm cancer, and that was the end. <laughs> so, <laughs> On, during the apocalypse, I think, apparently. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom. Well, I
3: I, I I do enjoy that the doctor in the the, the one the one on-camera scene that he has Uh. is, like, going, oh, it's Pandora's body. He, he like, quotes, like, four different... um, (laughs) Yes. four different mythological or, uh, thing... We get it. You, You
2: studied humanities in addition to becoming a scientist. The best part of that is the fact that, um that that he's got this very important piece of information to convey to Gabrielle slash Lily, which is, don't open the box. Don't open yeah. the
3: box. I, and I, yet- I, I say to you as if I am all of Serapis's head, <laughs> yes. you're not getting through, pal.
2: <laughs> he has the time to, to get all of that out, though. Yeah. Which is, I mean, he's, he's got his priorities in line. The and with, with all of the um,
1: amazingly sexist things in this movie, I actually yeah. found that scene the most sexist because the doctor is talking to her literally like she's like not even a child like she just cannot understand being a woman Mm. and knowing your place you don't understand these complicated things and i'm sitting there thinking really she's got the gun guy she's probably got one over on you here but he has no
2: idea this particular woman though clearly is addled in some way based on the way she acts
0: she was playing dumb through most of the film and then it's only at the very end that she her voice even changes when she pulls out the gun and i think maybe he was just uh, a little too wrapped up in his own pontifications to notice that she had switched so drastically no, i don't know no i think she's straight up
2: nuts the way she turns on a dime and she's like afraid and then she wants to kiss on hammer and then also she, she opens the box at the end which is crazy she opens,
0: she opens yeah. it real wide and she keeps opening it <laughs>
1: <laughs> and a mary martin sounds. beat her out for the part
3: of peter pan she never got over that yeah clearly yeah.
4: <laughs> what's well, like the the scene with the landlord killed me just because you know, Hammer is talking with the landlord, and, and the landlord's wife is right there, and she keeps repeating everything. And finally, Hammer just says, "Tell her to shut up." And this this long pause, and,
1: and then the landlord goes, "Shut up."
4: <laughs> Why is that even
1: here? All right, uh, kiss me, deadly. Let me tell you briefly about our sponsor. It's Smile Software. You may know them as the makers of Text Expander. And I want to tell you today about Text Expander Touch version 3, which comes with a custom keyboard for iOS 8 that lets you expand your Text Expander custom keyboard shortcuts into frequently used text snippets on your iPhone or your iPad. You can type more with less effort and even grab your favorite snippets and sync them from your Mac. So, this is how it works uh, you have a custom keyboard that uh, you can use in. Any application that supports custom keyboards, which is almost anything unless you're entering in a password, basically, on your iOS device. You can type a, a few characters, just a couple abbreviations, and boom, big long strings of text that would take a long time for you to type on the little iOS keyboard can just come shooting right out of that keyboard. Pretty cool. And because it syncs with Text Expander on OS X... And other iOS devices all using Dropbox Sync, your shortcuts that you set up on your Mac will be available to you in any application. Now, it was true, some apps on iOS before could use Text Expander, but they had to build in Text Expander support specifically. And some apps didn't do it, and the Apple apps absolutely didn't do it. But all the apps that are using this keyboard can get the advantages of Text Expander. So it's a huge leap forward in terms of typing productivity on iOS and Text Expander. Respects your privacy. They've got a website entry up, up. It's a blog entry called What About That Scary Full Access Warning? Because you get that when you enable a custom keyboard, but they have a very clear privacy policy. They respect your privacy. And now the custom keyboard for Text Expander Touch 3 is in 14 different languages and has various crazy custom keyboard layouts in case QWERTY is not enough. For you, so here's where you need to go: visit smilesoftware.com/incomparable, and they'll know you like us, and that helps us. But you really should check it out if you get frustrated by not uh, being able to type as well as you'd like on an iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch. Text Expander Touch can make the difference by shortening what you have to type in order to get long strings of text. And thank you so much to Smile Software and Text Expander Touch 3 for sponsoring the Incomparable. We also watched Out of the Past. Bill, do you want to explain Out of the Past to us? Oh, I don't think I could. Um uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> so, well Robert Mitchum is in it. So out of the past we we start in any town USA, which is um, it's Bridgeport, California. Bridgeport, California. That's right. On the other side of the Sierra Nevadas, near near the Nevada border. Exactly. A hundred miles from where I grew up, to the mile. Small <laughs> mountain town.
3: Yep. And uh, Robert Mitchum is running a gas station there, uh,
1: of course. But he's not really a gas station attendant, Mm-mm. is he, Jason? He's not, and it's not. That's not even his real name.
3: <sighs> no, he's a man with a Isn't past. He? What? Yeah. yeah. No, wow. seriously. And someone oh. comes from out of his past mm-hmm.
2: to uh to oh.
3: to uh <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh uh bring him back into I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow. He's, he's cruising along on the three ninety five as yeah. you
1: do. Yeah, Joe Mr. Jeff. Short.
3: Yes, so Joe uh, missed you. One of his old associates uh, stumbles across his gas station and says, "Oh boy, oh boy, hey, I finally found you. Hey, there's there's a guy who wants to meet you." And well, that's first, when, he flicks
2: his cigarette at a deaf kid, so yes. you know he's a bad guy. Yeah.
3: Yes, uh, Robert Mitchum's <laughs> assistant at the uh, gas station. We should point out is a very helpful uh, deaf kid. Yep. Which will come in handy later. And a hell later. of a flunkeyaster. Yeah, oh, which will also come <laughs> oh, in handy yes. later in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, so Robert Mitchum has to go see a guy, and um, he gets the girl that he's sweet on in town to drive him up there, and he basically tells her his life story, which he's been hiding up until this point. And so we start off. This the is movie. very
2: nearly as awkward, incidentally, as the uh, the two-hour description to Franklin Delano Roosevelt that happens in <laughs> Ex- Yankee Doodle yeah,
3: This is the thing about Out of the Past. It begins with a guy narrating a flashback that goes on for eh, about 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. and I'm Getting
2: into some detail about his past love <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. need to be brought
3: up. So we discover that instead of being a kindly gas station attendant, he used to be a hard-bitten private eye, and Mm -hmm. he was hired at one point by Kirk Douglas to hunt down a girl that had shot Kirk Douglas and made off with $40,000 of his money, which was quite a bit of... Uh, Money in 1947. And so he chases her down to Mexico and, in the process of doing so, falls in love with her, which is really not a really good plan. Again, spoiler alert. Well, we're told they fall in love. I don't think we ever see it but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment <laughs> anyhow uh, Kirk Douglas shows up in Mexico and Robert Mitchum decides hey this is a, this is about the time that I make like I couldn't find her and me and the me and the new misses we we lit off for uh for points north while telling uh Telling Kirk Douglas that oh, she must have escaped down south, so they go and they uh, they uh, run into Robert Mitchum's old partner, who ends up following them and is going to blackmail them. And it's at that point that the that the uh, lady friend, who's played by Jane Greer, shoots uh, Robert Mitchum's partner, and that's when they split up. And Robert Mitchum uh, begins his new life as the gas station attendant in uh, in Bridgeport.
1: Well, which he, he I guess he 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 hides the body or buries he, the body. He Buries the body, Mm -hmm. and uh, that brings us
3: back to present day, and uh, (laughs) out of the past. (laughs) Yes, we are now (laughs) out of the 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 past and into the present and we're showing up and we, we we arrive at Kirk Douglas's Lake Tahoe Mansion which has a lovely view mm-hmm. and it turns out that oh, Jane Greer is now back with uh, with Kirk Douglas and Kirk Douglas has a favor that he's going to ask Robert Mitchum to do and Robert Mitchum's got to do it because, well, you kind of drop the ball on that whole finding this girl thing <laughs> and falling in love with her and uh, 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 betraying my trust and the, the job that Kirk Douglas has is uh, i'm a horrible tax cheat and you've got to go find the um the uh the books that i've been keeping separately uh before they fall into the hands of the internal revenue service and uh, uh get those books for me and we'll just call it square and robert mitchum knows that he's being set up and indeed he is because not only uh does the uh the uh tax lawyer get murdered uh the books are uh, uh Made off with, and they're going to be sent to Kirk Douglas. But because Robert Mitchum sort of knows that he's being set up, he gets the uh, the, the the phony books first, and mm. and is able to strike a deal with uh, with Kirk Douglas, where it's basically, hey, uh, you uh, you uh, 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 you don't uh, uh, get me in trouble for that that. M- Partner of mine that got shot. We send uh, Jane Greer up the river, and 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 now we call it square. Well, Jane Greer doesn't like that so much, so so she plugs Kirk Douglas. She's gonna decide to start anew with Robert Mitchum. Robert Mitchum decides that's not gonna be good, so he tips off the cops that they're they're coming, and uh, it. They die in a hail of gunfire at the end of the movie. And Robert Mitchum is somewhat redeemed for his uh, horrible choices in life. And again, that's the 500-yard view. This is the problem with film noir. I realized this about five seconds before this podcast began. I'm going to have to summarize these plots. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it is like describing a game of chess when you uh, thought it was a game of checkers.
1: (laughs) So um, I open it up to the floor again. You got it. There's a lot of fishing is important in this movie. That's well, yes, (laughs) yes. Yes, We we
3: should mention. Kirk Douglas has a goon a goon named Joe Joe is not very good at the job of being a goon we learned throughout this movie as Kirk Douglas says Joe couldn't find a prayer in the Bible and so uh, uh, (laughs) at one point Joe is sent to tail uh, Robert Mitchum and he does so by following the the deaf kid and um, he spies Robert Mitchum and he's I'm going to shoot you Robert Mitchum but oh the deaf kid turns around and uses his fly casting skill to grab Joe by the arm and pull him off a cliff into the Walker River, yeah. killing Joe instantly. <laughs>
2: He's a fly-cast wizard. Yeah. That deaf-dumb accomplice sure casts a mean bass pull. Oh! <laughs> yes, this was the inspiration
3: for Tommy, this movie. It's a little-known yeah. fact. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, but that is, a, that is one of the more unique death scenes I have ever seen, where a guy is standing on a mm-hmm. clifftop. He is hooked by a fishing line and pulled to his death. Amazing. it's a very strong fishing line that kid is awesome by the way Well, you just got to get him off balance that's it you know. he
0: was standing right on the edge yeah
3: as mm-hmm. may have become apparent when i was uh, quoting kirk douglas there i love kirk douglas in this movie he is nice oh, and menacing yeah. in this he movie. is so menacing and so and enjoys being menacing so much and every line that he says is just dripping with double meanings this is like his second movie yeah, mm-hmm. and every threat that he makes is, is just so said through, through a smile, and yeah. <laughs> oh, he is, he is a delight to watch.
0: He's, it's charming in the most oily sort of way. I love it.
3: <laughs> he, when he shows up in Mexico, I'm just
2: here to see a man about a horse. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I'm on my way to Mexico City, see a man about a horse hmm that's great oh, that's
0: great you know when we we were emailing about what we were gonna watch i was like oh cool two film noir i've never seen before i was i was all excited and i watched kiss me deadly and that was a thing that I did, and then uh, and then I watched Out of the Past, and the credits hadn't even finished when I was like, "Oh my God, I've seen this before." Uh-huh. I watched a lot of old movies, and I have a terrible memory for titles, so it was it was just I don't know thirty five seconds in when I was like, "Oh my goodness, I have seen this before," and I was excited because I so didn't take a enjoy look at this. me now.
1: Well, yes, <laughs>
3: we should mention this was remade in um, the early eighties as Against All Odds, starring. Oh. Uh, uh, Jeff, Bridges Jeff Bridges in the Robert Mitchum role, Rachel Ward mm-hmm. in the Jane Greer role, and um, uh, uh, James, James Woods. Woods in the Kirk Douglas role. That is not mm. lateral movement. That is not an improvement. <laughs> not an improvement. I would
0: be okay with James Woods in that role, but I don't know about anybody else.
3: And
4: and Jane Greer as her character's mother.
3: And I believe Alex Karras is as, as, as Joe. Oh no! Couldn't yes. find a couldn't find a prayer in the no. Bible who
2: plays the deaf kid
3: <laughs> i don't you know i've never actually seen the movie i've only seen the music video i've only i've only seen phil collins there's just an empty space fun fun fact about against all odds phil collins was turned down to sing that song at the oscars
1: because yes. they didn't know who the hell he was they, they had a dancer <laughs> sing it instead yeah wow. yeah a dancer sang against yeah. all odds. Oh my a terrible thing Kathy is not very good in this movie I find her I find that character yeah, completely, okay. I find that character completely mm. uninteresting I find the actress uninteresting uh, they act as if she's interesting and yet she isn't their relationship is completely unbelievable at all points <laughs> um, I, I,
3: I think this is the central flaw of Out of the Past <laughs> which I'm, I'm gonna say again I enjoy this movie I enjoyed I it
1: too but yeah
3: she is problematic because she is the femme <laughs> fatale who inspires no fatality
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, although she causes a few. And very little you know, She
1: causes a few, but she's not... When they go to Alca- Acapulco, it's like uh, they, have, they have some snappy dialogue that is kind of not earned, and then they go to the beach to kiss, and then they're in love. I'm like, well, I It's, it's okay? the tour guide. The tour guide spawned it.
0: I have no problem with that because so th- that's f- kind of a hallmark of some of the films that I like of that era. It's it, They don't necessarily go in for too much character development. You're just sort of
3: expected to make those uh, those yeah. leaps yourself.
0: And she was very pretty, and they had that dialogue. So for me, that was good enough. I was all right with it.
3: The problem with that is they have the, the scene where Kirk Douglas is hiring Robert Mitchum. And he, 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 well, hey, why are you sending me to find her? There are a lot of dames in the, ro- in the world. Oh, when you see her... You'll know. You'll know. But no,
2: no, uh, no I don't know.
3: <laughs> I do. <laughs> Damn it!
2: I thought she was lovely, and I thought the actress did a pretty good job with her. When your bonding moment is, do
1: you like to gamble? Not with a wheel. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's-, Dude, that's
2: the kind of chemistry that that <laughs> oh. it works for me. It's, it was it, yes, it's silly, but I like it. The bonding moment is the is Jose Rodriguez who comes in, yes. uh, mm-hmm. offers to give them tour, a tour, tour offers God. them rings and earrings, and then uh, gets paid by Bailey just before he recommends the donkey show. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the meat cue.
0: And you know, we do have to say something for out of the past. The, uh, the ethnic characters actually make sense within the setting and they aren't overdone and over the top. So that was that's a feather in its cap. If you yes, ask Yeah.
1: I just, I just didn't find the, the actress interesting. You know,
3: both she and Anne, who is the 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 small town girl that Robert Mitchum is sweet on now, they are just real drips in this movie. Yeah. There's no there's no nice way of saying it, and it really is underscored by by the fact when Rhonda Fleming shows up, she is the secretary of the law, the tax lawyer that Robert Mitchum is supposed to steal the stuff from and right. ends up getting framed for murder. For she is in like maybe two or three scenes, and she is great. She <laughs> yeah. she is is she pops and she has she has verve and she has vim and you sit there and go well now why why wasn't she cast in the the role of kathy because at least then you could see it's someone that that that
1: that can match wits with robert yeah, Mitchell. Who's notable in, in some way yeah
0: well, Jane Grey was – she was pretty – and actually, Jane Grey had been um, – she had some sort of palsy when she was young and was, had part of her face paralyzed. And all the – Well, now uh, I feel ex- bad,
3: Erica. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and all of the exercises that she had to do to get the emotion back in her face sort of helped uh, push her toward a sort of acting that used her face a lot to express emotion. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of what she became known for. And I think she does that a lot. I think I think that her way of emoting is is more just – not so much the the dialogue and the emotion in the speech but the the really you know looks on her face where she just looks so upset or so completely feelingless or you know from one scene to the next and ah it worked for me yeah i
2: actually thought she was pretty good she um you know she she's not she's not really a big character but she's she's got some subtle but to she's, her. Supposed to, uh, she's supposed. she's supposed to I'm a, with Snow I mean, on this. the, the whole. I'm going to immediately fall in love with her the second I see your bit. Is a bit ridiculous, but yeah.
1: And later, when when there's the double, double cross and the briefcase and all, I, mean, I felt I found like she was totally unbelievable. I don't know. She didn't work. Yeah. She didn't work for me, and she's set up. I mean, that, that's what Phil was saying too. Is that she's set up. To be, oh well, when you see her, you know. And she's like, yeah, she's fine, she's yeah. fine. But she, I don't know. She, I did, I just, I didn't find any chemistry between her and Mitchum. And Mitchum is like a Mitchum. force of nature. He's like Mitchum, Mitchum. No, he, he's so, uh, you know, angular and 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 visceral and weird, even. And uh, then she's just, uh, she's also present. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, I kinda of,
2: I like the bit where he's fighting with his partner and, and she's watching it and she's got kind of a little smile on her face like she's really mm-hmm. kind of enjoying watching the beatings. Watching and, then of the course, fighting. Yeah. and of course she busts out with the gun because she she really likes shooting guys. She's no you know, Veronica guy. Lake,
3: she's no Rita Hayworth. She really does like shooting yeah. people though. That is well, that is
2: true. I don't know. Maybe I just appreciated the fact that uh that towards the end of the film it became evident that well, it wasn't clear earlier on. She's kind of been pulling the strings all along yeah. and Well, that's oh, a great yeah.
1: scene. That's a great scene where she lets them get in that like it's the it is the punchiest punch-up I have seen in a movie in a long time. <laughs> just punch after punch after punch. And when finally we've reached the end, she just shoots the guy. <laughs> and Mitchum's like, "You didn't have to kill him." She's like, "Well, yeah, I did." And she's totally I cold. To. She's totally cold about it. And that, well, and and earlier she says, "Oh, wit didn't die." I'm sorry he didn't
2: die. I mean she's cold. That 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 much is fascinating yeah, about this character. Cold around the heart. She's got a couple of good line readings like that yeah. one and then uh, towards the end when uh she's finally getting Mitchum to take off to Mexico with her and uh and um he tells her put a few th- she's going to pack and he says put a few things in for me and she says I have and it's her reading on that <laughs> is great
3: that this the 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 real selling point of out of the past for me is the script and yeah. it has yeah. it has mm-hmm. just some some great um some great hard boiled hard bitten lines in there and
1: See, wrote, oh, she can't, can't be all that bad well initially. she comes closer She's than anyone closest. else yeah <laughs> that was great and the other line i really liked is um is when uh Uh, everybody dies honey I don't want to do it either but if I do I want to be last yeah (laughs) if I I gotta die I'm gonna be the last (laughs) to die oh man Mitch is fantastic at at laying that kind of thing oh my god that was great
0: yeah don't you believe me baby I don't care
2: (laughs) build my gallows high baby my biggest problem with this uh, with this movie which I did end up liking eventually was that initially like in the very opening segment there's a couple of conversations between Marnie who works at the diner and and, uh, and Joe, and then oh, Bailey yeah. and Joe have a conversation. And these conversations are like 90% innuendo and cliches, and yes. I have no idea what they're talking about. No idea. Yeah. And I'm just shaking my head and going, these, these, first of all, these conversations are way too snappy by half So snappy. the that are having them. <laughs> and it's supposed to be the exposition, guys. I'm supposed to be able to pick up on this. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt completely lost. It, it's a slow starting movie. It
3: really, it annoyed me, me, it doesn't take mm-hmm. off until Kirk Douglas appears. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, and
1: but Steve, you're totally right. It's it's snappy dialogue is supposed to be like snappy dialogue that you're like, oh, I really like how these people are giving and taking. When everybody speaks in super fast, snappy dialogue, it just becomes like I don't know. It's it's confusing and weird, and like why is everybody talking like this? And that yeah. I definitely got that feeling in the diner, especially. I'm like, what is even
2: happening? Yeah. I was afraid at that point that it was going to be that way the entire yeah. way through, yeah. and fortunately, it wasn't. It but wasn't. I still found uh, I was irritated enough by that possibly that I found kind of the entire sequence in the past to be kind of kind of boring, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then when it yeah. when when we were out of the past and into the present, <laughs> wow. I, I found it picked up nicely. I liked the whole frame job plot, but but uh, that that whole opening sequence just didn't. I also am not a fan of, grab me. of the narration in that part. In fact, there
1: was one bit of narration that made me laugh out loud because she says, um, why don't we go back to my place? And it's immediately followed by narration that says it was the first time she mentioned her place or going there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she just said it
0: <laughs> oh, I love that I love yeah. the narration I mean it's just it's, yeah. a, it's kind of a cheesy thing that's a, that, that's a hallmark of some, of some of the noir films of that, that particular
1: era it just and feels I, like self-parody at, at, I just right?
0: I know but the thing yeah. is at the time you know this was pre-irony this is earnest know. as can be I just it gets me in the heart I love it
3: there, there's a lot of reasons why this movie shouldn't work and yet it does for me <laughs> oh uh, I didn't
1: even mention the bank book she leaves a bank book that just has one thing in it this is deposit forty thousand dollars and it's it's open on the very top of her purse and she walks away i that's hilarious it's like she should just have a bag with a dollar sign on
4: (laughs) (laughs) it now if it it weren't Uh, for mitchum and kirk douglas it probably wouldn't work
3: no, it I wouldn't. No, but they're and, great. They're both great. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they, 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 they both of them were um, kind of wary of being upstaged by the other, which um, mm. added to the very palpable on-screen tension whenever the two of them were on <laughs> screen together. That may, maybe they got along with each other after this movie was made, but they surely did not get along with each other during the filming, and that mm. that quite that translates quite well onto the screen and it's very appropriate and uh helps out with the mood of the picture.
2: Yeah. I like the fact that uh Mitchum's character here is is almost always a step or two ahead of the game, which is is a nice change from the the noirs I've seen mm-hmm. where the lead is just getting dragged around by events. He always seems like he's kinda of with it and he, you know, he's 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 smart enough to know that he's being framed and he's smart enough to hide the body, although not smart enough to hide it somewhere where the police won't find it ten minutes later. But <laughs> I found that kind of kind of uh, fun to watch because it, it felt like almost like the Ferris Bueller of noirs, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I also like the fact that you know he he his plan at the end is he wants to pin the murders basically on the people who actually committed them. Right. So Joe's already mm-hmm. dead, so he's like, let's let's pin the murder of this eels lawyer guy on Joe. He's the one that did it, and then you know send uh, send what's her face up the river, and she's the one that shot his partner. So
3: <laughs> to me, this movie is like the B side to Melty's Falcon. Uh, where you've got the the detective who's one step ahead of everyone and and there's 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 lots of how is he going to get out of this so oh, i want to pin it on the people who actually did it and uh right down to the problem with i uh, the biggest problem i have with Maltese Falcon is M- uh Mary Astor in the uh mm. the femme fatale role just mm. as uh the biggest problem i have with out of the past is Gene Greer mm. so there you go yeah. Poor palsy Jane Greer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> However, I, I would like to point out that I would like one of every dress that she wears, actually that everybody else wears in this movie,
3: please. That is, that is a goal of mine now. Even the waitress at the, at the restaurant? Okay, all but one. <laughs> you got me there.
1: Wow, what uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this movie. Death by fishing line. That's a big thing that happens. <laughs> I know. I just I, it,
0: it does not <laughs> seem weird that like okay, so we got this this seemingly nice deaf kid um who who helps out and by the end of the film he's a cold-blooded murderer. Like he's got to live with that for the rest well, of his he's life. Oh, also guy, he's going shoot,
1: to shoot his buddy. He's saving his buddy. That's true. Not cold.
0: That's true, but still you, you you I think you experience some emotional fallout from that sort of thing no matter what the
2: motivation was. That's right. But well, you, can't, you can't determine intent from the kid pulling him down off No, the he's cliff. saving I mean, his friends. He the, the guy up he there. he can do to quickly, you know, diffuse the situation.
1: Either he's saving his friend or he just really wanted to go fishing and the line was a little bit
2: too long and it just was an accident. One well, of we know those. He's a, he, we know he's ultimately a good kid because of his selfless, well, not really selfless, but his, his action at the end when he kind of lets mm-hmm. uh, the girlfriend get on with her life and turns and... See, I do not I so do not care for that ending. Yeah, I thought that I, was a
1: kind
3: of a bizarre ending. That's a weird it's the, ending.
2: It's like the, the lie that We um,
3: we should mm-hmm. we Steve sorta of said what it was. Uh, so the drippy girlfriend that he has, she's <laughs>
1: she she's <laughs> she's, they, she's they being like all, to fish together. What is wrong with two people fishing together? In addition I say. to
3: being courted by Robert Mitchum, she's also being courted by this the Dirk Squarejaw who I guess is some sort of local state emplo- oh, forestry Game employee. Or something. Yeah.
2: And uh, um, you know now that Robert- I would know what he was if I could figure out what the hell the lady at the counter was saying in the opening yeah. conversation. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that Robert Mitchum's out of the picture, of course she's uh, going to go with him. But she she goes to the the deaf kid and says, "I've got to know. Was he really going to go off with the equally drippy Jane Greer?" <laughs> and um, spoiler alert to the audience: No, he was not. He was just going along with with uh, Jane Greer because she was holding the gun to his head, yeah. and uh, he he really did it also to, to to so that she would get her comeuppance. Right. And uh, uh, so yeah, because he wait, calls the cops to set. It's a
1: setup. He's it's called a setup. the cops. Yep. Uh, was she really going in, off with of him? A really, At, a really slick
2: moment too, where he's like, "Stay here, honey. I gotta make a phone call." Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, okay, I'm I'll, back. I'll Let's finish go. this conversation later.
2: <laughs> go pack our things. I gotta pour myself a drink. Mm-hmm. I've gotta call the Kai mean. Pour <laughs> myself a drink. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So she says, "I gotta know." Was she
3: really going with him? And uh, the deaf kid sort of nods and goes, "Yep, she was." Now you can go off and be with your equally drippy Forester guy. And uh, so
1: she does. And, yep, and, and then he turns. To betraying the, you, but I hope that makes you feel better.
3: Yeah, and then he turns to the uh, the, the, the gas station sign and does the, the, the wink and the nod. <laughs> <laughs> and that, to me, was just really weird and hackneyed. It was yeah. kind of pointless, yeah, yeah.
4: I would agree with that. And, and that's who Kaiser Soze was. <laughs>
0: I understand the motivation behind it because he's, you know, the, this is the 1940s. Women are lesser creatures and they need to be protected so that their feelings, you know, don't get hurt. So, a dame so with we're a rod going... is
2: like a guy with a knitting. <laughs> <laughs> we're,
0: we're, oh, my God. We're going easy on her.
1: Yeah, my wife, the knitter, took exception at that one, too. <laughs> yeah. Does she also have a rod, Jason, <laughs> though? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I understand it, but I don't like it.
1: Robert Mitchum could kill a guy with a knitting needle, is all I'm saying. Or a rod. Well, that, the deaf kid, the, the deaf kid technically did kill somebody with a rod and real. He did. Mm-hmm. And real. He
0: totally did. No, I was just saying that I I, I understand why they, they ended it that way. And it was supposed to be a sweet, touching thing. But uh, for me, as a woman of the, the next century, it's, yeah. it's a little bit insulting.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. For, for dudes of the next century, it's not that, that clever either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the movie seems to think that we give a damn what happens to that girl and she's really not a particularly major character other than the fact that we've She had to suffer through the rather extended description. I hate to keep using the word drip, but uh, drip is really... I liked
3: her. I thought she was
0: sweet, hometown girl next door. I wanted him to end up with her.
3: How terribly wrong you are.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Did you feel like at the end there had to be some sort of a closure for her or you would have felt unsatisfied? Because that's that's the impression I get for why they added that ending on.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's it. I need to feel
2: like she's she's
0: on okay life.
3: i need to know that she's happy with dirk square jaw forestry <laughs> ranger
0: i don't like the implication that she couldn't go on with her life if even if she had known that he was going to be faithful to her i mean i feel like that would be maybe a nicer way to try to continue on right than, than thinking oh he was just going to leave me anyway like why leave her with a bunch of anger rather than some warm memories yeah I don't that's know. right it's not he like was gonna jerk.
2: dig up the corpse or anything. it doesn't matter
1: that he's dead he was a jerk move on because that's how feelings work. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, these are these are fascinating. And this movie, like the other one, got into the middle where there was the I'm being framed. And there's a, which I kind of like the when he figures out, he sniffs out that it's going to be a frame job. And he actually says to the guy, I'm in a frame. Um, but then the, the, it's like, and then I got a taxes, and I'm going to go get the thing before the other guy, Yeah, and, it's the, and, and in, I get that moment of, like, I don't know what's happening now. In okay. many
3: ways, the plot of this is more convoluted than Kiss Me Deadly, mm-hmm. or more to the point, the parts of the plot that don't involve Kirk Douglas and Robert Mitchum uh, crossing swords right. in every literal sense yep. um, <laughs> uh, are less interesting than the... Many machinations going on, and kiss me deadly. Yeah,
0: yeah I was. I, I admit I was drinking a bit of wine, but I did get a little, <laughs> little bit lost. And this is my second time. Seeing no, no, it, no, no, I still no, had
3: no.
1: You, the, the wine probably helped the journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it did. Yeah, these these noirs are fascinating to me because they've got the twisty plot. And in the end, in the end, for me, what I get out of them is the atmosphere. And sometimes the dialogue is is great. And in this movie, there's some oh, great yes. dialogue. But but it, it's the it's that some of the characters are great, and you get that you know it's. Um, I love in, in Kiss Me Deadly, especially, there's the, you know, bright, sunny Los Angeles. It's, you know, bright and dark at the same time. I, you know, that's that's just a classic trademark of this stuff. There, there's, um, in this movie and out of the past, one of the things that really struck me is that literally the greatest crutch a, a director could have is smoking, because, like, if nothing's <laughs> happening in a scene, they just have them fiddle with their cigarettes. And, and it, okay. it just it, it happens endlessly. And to the point where I just kind of found it hilarious that, they, that like, there's nothing else for them to do in the scene. It's like, I, I would start playing that game where I'd be like, what would Robert Mitchum be doing in this scene if he weren't fiddling with his cigarettes? <laughs> and the answer generally was nothing. He would just be sitting there like a lump for two Some, minutes. Somebody needs
2: to uh, do a YouTube cut of Noir Without Smokes and just. You know, that's airbrush awesome. out the cigarettes, so they're just standing there waving their hands around. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's one of the reasons I like Laura. It's one of my favorite film noirs because he doesn't smoke. Mm. Although there is a good bit
2: where he he clocks uh, Baylord in his office and then stops to light a smoke. I
0: know. Leaving,
2: which is it's like why is uh, it's, it's And
0: speaking of the smoking, of there's the a genre. scene when when uh, when Robert Mitchum gets back to the gas station. I think like the first time. Oh yeah, you're gonna blow he's really up. upset. He flicks he flicks a lit cigarette at his gas station. <laughs> I Hello. Know. What? Well,
2: that's why they clearly put the he's got up a death wish.
1: It's it's also a sh- a, yeah. uh, a sign that he's not really a guy with a that's gas right. station. That, that's that's true. Really that's, there you go. Yeah, doesn't it's even character know the development. I just missed
3: it. That's gas station 101, friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, that 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 kind of amazed me. But you know, it, again, it's of a kind. This is its own genre. It is um you know and, wow, and let's then let's not take...
0: get into the argument about whether or not film noir is a genre or oh, not. that'll take us another entire oh, okay. podcast well, uh, let
1: me let me rephrase that I, I i plead the court to rephrase this these these films are of a kind and um they have tropes and they have uh you, what i take away often is the atmosphere and some of the characters and some of the dialogue and not so much the plot and so like out of the past it's about uh mitchum It's about uh, Kirk Douglas and uh, that's a fight scene with all the punching and then the guy just gets shot at the end. The poor guy. (laughs) Just shoot him up front. Why, Why with the punching? The sound in that, as
0: compared to Kiss Me Deadly, the oh. sound in that scene was awesome. I mean, yeah. Steven was watching a baseball game in the same room. And when that scene came on, he like looked up and looked over. He's like, oh, I, lo- I love this 1940s sound effect. <laughs> it's Whereas in Kiss great. Me Deadly,
1: literally just lines of dialogue are repeated because they didn't have any other dialogue. And it's really not great. But in this, yeah, that punch up is a good, that's a really good yeah. punch up. It's brutal. Thwap, and, thwap, 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 thwap. And after all that work, the guy just gets shot. What was the point? Yep. Why did I work so hard? You could have shot him to begin with. What's the point really is the theme that yeah. runs through
3: the <laughs> pretty,
2: film genre. <laughs> What? Why bother? <laughs> the point was she was really enjoying watching this. <laughs> she play. really was. She <laughs> got the off on shoot, that. The shooting There's was no just doubt. the climax mm-hmm. at the end.
0: Yep. And then she needed a cigarette. That's right. That's right. <laughs>
2: That's right.
4: I, I feel like we should mention this was directed by Jacques Tourneur, who also directed Cat
3: People. Yep. And same cin- oh, same right. cinematographer. Those were his two movies. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you may know me from such films as Cat People, and that's it. <laughs> Not the 1980s remake of Cat People. No. we should point Ooh, out. God, know. God, no,
3: no, the good one. Well anything, the <laughs> well, anything more about Out of the Past? No, I think I think we've uh, pretty much uh, have we have beaten these movies to death. Talked <laughs> our way through. The- I think we pretty much dissuaded people from watching either of these movies, <laughs> which is a shame because I enjoy both. Yes, watch both. I, hey, people. I still
0: like Out of the Past. I, I, I will go to bat for that one. But I knew that Kathy was bad when, uh, in the restaurant in Mexico, uh, they order drinks and they get up to leave. Robert Mitchum drinks his, but Kathy leaves her shot of bourbon behind. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, yep, that now. was it right there.
1: I knew she was a drip. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, she wasn't even trying. Nope. The only shots she likes are when she plugs a guy with a shot no! from her gun. <laughs> that was a long way to go for but that I'm one. I'll, I'll workshop it. <laughs> anyway, she likes to <laughs> shoot people. This is what I'm saying.
3: Uh,
1: well, Phil, I, I I am glad that I watched them, and I, I wouldn't say I wholeheartedly enjoyed either of them, but I enjoyed parts of both of them, and I'm happy to have seen them.
3: Well, good. I, if I can bring a little joy into your humdrum lives, I know all my... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Efforts ain't been in vain
3: for nothing. Yep.
2: I would probably recommend these films to somebody if I knew somebody that was the sort of person to whom these films should be recommended—the
1: <laughs> <laughs> right sort of person. <laughs> but
2: I'm not sure that I know anybody of that description. So, oh. but yep. I, I did enjoy them both sporadically i'm
0: glad i saw kiss me deadly if only to reinforce the fact that that is de- not at all the kind of uh, film noir that is my favorite it just mm. it makes the ones that i like seem even better mm. <laughs> i'm good with that Jeez, what a silver lining man. yeah uh, <laughs>
1: <Yep>. <laughs> yeah it's the outline of the shape of the movie that defines the parts of other movies that you like
0: yes it's the negative space yeah. really mm-hmm. emphasis on negative yeah uh,
4: yeah hmm. i it, it won't surprise anyone that i really enjoy film noir in general and i nope. really enjoyed both of these not surprising oh, really, at all. david
2: i find that sort of surprising yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. really yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so it's all my 70s sci-fi stories that
3: uh, me me and yeah. david having adventures going around <laughs> <Va-va-voom>. watching <laughs> movies <laughs> smacking people upside the head Va-voom.
4: saving cloris leachman
3: yeah,
2: yeah. As, well as let's do. not
3: let's not say things we can't take hey, back well. i don't think cloris yeah. leachman
2: <laughs> can be saved <laughs> Well, that's a pretty brutal scene of uh, of her being tortured to death, though. I gotta say. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 1955 yeah. 1955 movie. Yeah, for
3: 1955, that movie crosses a lot of boundaries. Hey, <laughs> uh, Fun fact: the, Estes, the the Kefauver Commission uh, like cited that as the number one threat to uh, to morals America's and youth. youth. Yeah, mm-hmm. the movie that Estes Kefauver doesn't want you to see.
0: Yeah. yeah the ADR in that scene was actually quite effective. Yes. That was that was
2: really disturbing. Bad. She's she's a good screamer, I got to say. And mm-hmm. then uh, and then the sort of reveal, well first of all her legs are twitching, which is disturbing in itself. All you see <sighs> are, you know, are yeah. her bare legs, the lower halves of them sort of twitching as she screams and then the the reveal of I guess it pans up a little from the doctor's shoes, which it has the film has some sort of a weird obsession with. And we see he's holding something. I assume it's pliers. It looks kind of like a bottle opener, but either one is a little disturbing. So, it's a, it's a yeah, nice the scene, scene of
0: her legs twitching is just etched in my memory. I will never <laughs> get that out. I need to wash my brain with bleach.
2: And it's not clear from his, his pontificating afterwards whether she has died in the process or she's been knocked out. I think she's, I don't know.
4: If you tried to revive her, it would be a resurrection. Who are you mm-hmm. to resurrect another person? Or whatever it is. yeah.
3: Oh, very good.
4: I, I just love the... Uh, my, my library was, uh, surprisingly, for a small-town library, it had the Criterion edition of Kiss Me Deadly. Wow. and So does
3: YouTube, listeners, yep. if you care to do a search. I,
4: I love that it, it just uses some of the original art on the cover, and apparently they promoted it as Mickey Spillane's Latest H-Bomb! Mm-hmm. Exclamation <laughs>
2: Spoiler
4: alert. Really weird picture
2: on the front. Oh, I finally get that. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that on the poster, and I was like, oh, that's that's a nice bit of hyperbole. (laughs) Or is it? No, I get it. Mm. And he didn't even have a bomb. How crazy is that, though? All of a sudden, he opens this thing, and it glows, and it makes this horrifying noise. Yeah. I like the sort of the whispering that's going on. Oh, the noise at the end in the beach house is
3: haunting. Mm-hmm. Yo, the sound at the as the bomb is going off. That is the most disturbing thing, oh, actually. Oh my god. Yeah. Seriously, do not watch that movie when your wife <laughs> is out of town. <laughs> because you will you will you will be clutching pillows and, and going, I Oh no? <laughs> Life is not worth living. Don't look,
1: Marion. I, I told you Pandora was in that box. I told yeah. you. <laughs> Watch 1776. There are songs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Someone <laughs> ought to open up a window. Uh,
1: just don't open up the box. Yeah. Ah, don't, open, don't open the box. Mm-hmm. No, no. All right. We've reached the end of Old Movie Club Noir Edition. Uh, Phil, how do you think it went? Uh, hey, sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you. Well said. Well yeah. said. Uh, Erica Ensign, thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for having me. You know, I think it's time we drop this Junior League patter.
1: <laughs> Very nice. Uh, David Lohr, thank you.
4: Thank you. I'm, uh, you know, I'm just a loony from a laughing house, but I'm glad to be here. Mm. Steve
2: Lutz, thank you for being here. Thank you, Jason. Uh dames are worse than flies <laughs> I don't know I ran out of quotes I wow. guess I could do some more Va-va-voom.
1: you want to play house or talk business Steve you can't be all bad but you're the closest <laughs> thank you um, and Phil Michaels thank you once again for navigating us through another old movie club
3: not at all I look forward to when this series is finally cancelled
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right and uh, for the incomparable I have been your host Jason Snell thank you for listening and joining us and perhaps watching those movies